I know a place where you belong. Come follow me and join the song. Welcome to Broadway Con! The podcast, a show for the theater kid in all of us. I'm Patrick Hines, your host, and I am so excited that you found us. We wanted to start this very first episode by sort of explaining what BroadwayCon the podcast is going to be. Like BroadwayCon itself, the idea for BroadwayCon the podcast is to provide our listeners with a complete Broadway fan experience from every angle. Imagine the amazing panels and special events you'll see at BroadwayCon. That's sort of what we're going to do here on a slightly smaller scale. Of course, you'll hear a lot from huge Broadway megastars, but we'll also be spending time with the brilliant creatives that make Broadway magic happen from someplace offstage. And sometimes we'll bring the actors and the other creative types together for a conversation about how their work informs the other's work. We've got magic to do just for you, you guys. So without further ado, let's get to today's episode. Somewhere along the way, my dear, you've made an awful error. For our very first episode, we could think of no better humans to have on than Olivier Award winner Leslie Margarita, best known for originating the roles of Mrs. Wormwood in the original Broadway cast of Matilda, and Mona Kent in the original Broadway cast of Dames at Sea, and director David Alpert, who is also the director of headline programming for BroadwayCon. Okay. A few things to know about these two before we get into the episode. First of all, at the time we recorded this interview, David was directing Leslie in a nymph show called A Scythe of Time, which, by the way, was completely brilliant. So they didn't know each other well before they started working on that show, and you can just sort of tell that they quickly became sort of, like, obsessed with each other. It's adorable how deferential they are to each other in this interview. It, it felt like not a first date, but like a third date that was going really, really well. Anyway, they were both intimately involved in the first Broadway con last year. They have great stories about some unexpected bumps that popped up. And they'll let us know just a little bit about what we can expect from BroadwayCon 2017, produced by Mischief Management and Playbill. You guys, they were so excited to be the very first guests on this podcast. This is what they had to say about it. Yay! (laughs) After our chat with Leslie and David, we'll have a quick conversation with Broadway besties Alice Ripley and Emily Skinner. I know, I know, I can't wait either. Okay, here we go. Hi, guys. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here for our first go at this. We we contractually have to be together. Yes. Yeah. It's always the case. I love it. Um, David, let's start with you. Can you just tell us like exactly what BroadwayCon was and is and like what's the point? Sure. BroadwayCon is the place where all of us who love theater can belong. And um, it's this really great thing that Anthony Rapp and Melissa and Stephanie at Mischief Management created last year just for a place for everyone who loves show tunes and signing playbills and belting out Wicked with their friends can come together and have a good time. And it was for all of us behind the curtain and in front we were all having a great time last year and so okay so your official title is um artistic director of main stage programming you know, it actually just changed to headline programming oh because now at the javits center there's more than one stage oh so it's very fancy this year so like what do you do you you pursue like the big names like leslie margarita and get them to come and spend the weekend yeah pretty much <laughs> there's um uh, what's really great is i'm not from the convention world And what Mischief does so well is that they do a lot of great programming. So it's creating different programming on those stages, such as the karaoke and the Family Feud, and of course the big opening and the closing and everything between. 
Um, and it's just creating that programming for all the fans. I want to talk a little bit about last year's Broadway Con because I, I came to it late in the game. I was on a panel on Sunday, so I missed the opening. I missed all of it. I kind of was like, what is this going to be? Like, I don't even know what it's going to be. And then I showed up and I was just like obsessed. But my favorite memory of showing up at Broadway Con was running into Leslie Margarita in the green room at like 8 o'clock in the morning on Sunday <laughs> and I was with my husband and my kid and Leslie literally I walked in the room and instead of saying hi Leslie I went Ms. Margarita and she you literally turned around and you're like yes like what do you need of me right now Leslie can you tell the people how it got to that point <laughs> okay <laughs> first of all I heard about Broadway Con that it was happening and I love going to cons. Oh my God, we have to get to this eventually. You're like a big con nerd person. Yes. So I love I'm going like to the cons. And um, so when I heard that this was happening, I didn't know David. And I didn't know anybody that was, I didn't know Anthony. And I didn't know anyone that was doing it. So I emailed somebody. I, e I asked. I wanted to be a part of it. Because I was like, oh my God, all the fa it's going to be so fun. So I emailed somebody. And then that email, I think, got to David. Yeah. Who, when we met. You came to see Dames at Sea when we met, Which right? Which she was wonderful in. Oh, oh my but yeah, God. I had never met Leslie. I no. went dead in the head for like a quick second and <laughs> didn't hear you say Dames at Sea. For the love of God, you were so great in Dames yes. at Sea. Oh, yes. thanks. Oh, my God. So fun. So great. And Tap I was in the front row, so that was Jesus. a lot of Leslie Margarita in yeah. front that was of me. That was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> I'm surprised you could see my face. <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? Oh. <laughs> if you're in the front row, oh, yeah, all you oh, see are the boobs. She's making a boob joke. So when we met, and David was like, there's a few events like you know you know a few things you want to do do you want to, and then you asked me to do the opening number and I was like yes so fun so what happened and by the way because you said you didn't see the opening number it was insane it, it was, was so crazy. great it was Who like all a, was in it well <laughs> it was like a 15 minute musical it was a 40 minute musical 40 remember that yeah it was that it was it was epic and it was basically it was the story of a girl who wanted to find a place to belong and she with her kids from uh, her theater group created a convention for Broadway fans and that actually turned into Broadway con it was so good and it was wow. 40 minutes we did? it was 40 minutes and what was great it um, you know there were cameos in the end from Tommy Toon and Ben Vereen and Alice Ripley and uh, Lena Hall but peppered throughout the show Steve Rosen and Harada uh, now Hamilton's Miguel Cervantes. <laughs> Miguel Cervantes, who I went to college with, is like crazy? a friend of mine. He's, yeah, I, I'm I know. so happy for him. I know that guy's a pretty. I was going to tell a, a story about how, like, the public theater a couple years ago, like his image was like the image of the season from Giant. Yeah, totally. yeah, amazing. Hi, Miguel. Love you. Yeah, and um, but it was just this epic thing, and it just got bigger and bigger. And as we got closer, more people wanted to be involved, and I think people started to realize how great this could be. But the opening was just epic, and. You know, it's one of those things where we threw it together in like five hours. I yeah. mean, it was oh, really, I mean, a little bit more, but it was intense with a full singing and dancing ensemble and props. And it was the most fun. And a lot of confetti cannons. A lot of confetti cannons. Broadway Con's the place for you. When Playbill.com is your browser's homepage. When you worship Lupone, Buckley, Peters, or Page. When you stage door a show, even when it's a zoo. Anyway, so that was epic. But then, so what happened, getting back to the, the what you had asked me, was the great snowstorm 
of <laughs> so crazy of 15 was it 15 or 16 yeah 16 16, 16. 16. god this year um <laughs> happened and there those of us who live in manhattan were okay if you lived outside of manhattan you could not get back to the hilton correct <laughs> right so people couldn't be there for their panels or so we had to fill in yeah <laughs> um and i lived close so yeah. i was like whatever I, I i loved being there so whatever they needed me to do and there were like five or six of us that yeah, kind of filled definitely. in the who who else did that rob mcclure yeah rob was yes. there. that's right um who else was with us? Ryan like, Redman did a lot Ryan for us. Did Lena a ton. Hall, Anthony Rapp. Yep. But what was crazy was there was an event that was taking over the main stage on that Saturday, a, a baseball convention. And Saturday morning, they canceled. So then all of a sudden, we had like five or six hours to program last minute. <gasps> I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. About like, what do you do? You probably did not prepare for a blizzard, I'm thinking. No. No. So what did you do for programming for that time? We reached out to Leslie and everyone else and said, we need to do something. So we did a panel on the opening. We did a slumber party karaoke session uh, hosted by Ben Cameron. Um, we did the Broadway Con Blizzard party line where we all called really <laughs> fancy people. Oh, you I remember. Called, we called Patty Lapone. We called Patty Lapone and Adina. And, and what did you do? Like when they answered, you know, we had told them that we were going to be calling them, but we kept it a surprise to everyone. And it was just, you know, I'm a theater nerd at heart. Yeah. And when you know Audra McDonald's on the phone next to me, I I, I was excited. Say it again. Yeah. But it was really cool, and it was just a really fun hour of calling fancy people and and having the audience guess who it was. But this was all created the day of, and what was great was that we could just reach out to our friends around, and and we had a great time. Yeah. What were some of your Leslie? What were some of your favorite moments looking back? Like you, did you do a lot with the fans? Did you did you get to meet a lot of fans? Yeah. Like people came as as I, Mrs. Wormwood. Yes, so cute. Somebody came. Like, there was a little Mona Kent. There was a little Mrs. Worm when someone came as me with a piece of wood sticking out of their leg because... The splinter? The splinter. Oh, my God. That story um, is... That's a crazy story. Do you know that? I got I, a piece of... I don't know that story. I did um, the... What is... The coup de slam in Matilda, <laughs> the jump splits, and I got a piece of wood in the back of my leg. Oh, my gosh. It was like... It was horrifying. But a kid came with a piece of wood. That's amazing. Really. Um... It was awesome, and then I got to do like uh, correspondence. I was doing for Theater Mania, and and got to go out and see the fans. And again, like I feel like most of us that were that were there and were like, we'll fill in. I, I'm a theater nerd as well. Like as a kid, I had every T-shirt. I had every, you know, like this was these are my people. So I wanted to be on the floor. Even I wanted to go see and did see the Rent panel, see the Hamilton panel. I wanted, you know, yeah. For me, though, the best moment was that opening because it was. 3,000 people yeah. screaming like you've never heard. It was a rock concert. It and was, and they were such a smart audience that every, I mean, every song was chock full of references, and they would applaud and then immediately get quiet yeah. to hear the next one. Oh, wow. And it was so, it, 
it was the closest I think I will ever feel as a rock star. Yeah, it was awesome. David, were you in the number? No, I definitely wasn't. <laughs> I wrote it and directed it, and then I watched from the booth, and I was so exhausted at that point, and it was just so energizing and exhilarating, and I, I couldn't have been happier. I want to ask you both about, so as people who are like successful in your industry, but also people who, like David, you helped plan BroadwayCon, and you helped execute it. Leslie, you helped execute it last minute. You're a big Broadway star. How... Who did you meet at BroadwayCon that you were like nerding out over? And like, give us some examples of like that inner theater kid in you just like freaking out well, at BroadwayCon. Mine was in rehearsal for that opening. Anthony Rapp walked in, really, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was a rent head. So yeah. like, I, I mean, I literally that was that was a a, a big one for me. I was like, did you talk to him? Barely. You had and a then, scene together. I know. But I was like, Hi. you had a lyric about him, Mr. Rap. When you're willing to travel all over the map, because you can't miss a show starring Anthony Rap. But then, like, he was so cool. Yeah. And then I got to do like a panel with him. Yeah. We were filling in something, and it was like a Q and A. And I was like, in a Q and A with Anthony Rap, and it was just cool. That was I, so I definitely geeked out. That was the 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 first big geek out for me. But then seeing people walk around the hotel, I was like, <laughs> it was nuts. I mean, I didn't. I don't think there was one person. Honestly, it was meeting the fans who, this is going to sound so cheesy, but fans that were like thanking all of us for doing it is when I geeked out because I realized I get to actually do this now. Yeah. And that's the thing. All of us backstage, we were like, we would be in the audience right now. And to be able to plan that, I I was on cloud nine all weekend. Yeah. I cried. There was, um, I was doing correspondence stuff and there was um, Jonathan Groff was doing like a photo thing and there was this giant line and they were all waiting for Jonathan Groff and I exited the the room and there was this giant line again and I was like who is this for and they said we're waiting for you and I cried because <laughs> it is exactly what you just said yeah, like so sweet. the fact that you you know you have those moments where you're like I'm doing what I wanted to do I know I, I would have been at this convention and th- and some of these people at this convention will be us. I want to ask you yeah. about something, Leslie, because, so Melissa, is it, and Nellie, is that how you say her yeah. last name? Who's one of the co-creators? And yeah. when she and I were talking about putting this podcast together, I think something that was important to us was to, was to approach the podcast from the fans' perspective. So you're a fan, but you're also a big effing star. And I, I get the sense from you that you don't, that I don't think you always recognize what a big star she you are. She doesn't. I'm, I'm directing her right now. She doesn't get it. It's so crazy. Mike and I were out a few weeks ago, and we ran into Leslie at a bar. We just ran into her. Of course. At the, at yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right she was drinking rehearsal. water and eating a salad. Uh, and we were, we we sat next to her and hung out with her for like a while. And then they asked, she, she asked for her check, and somebody at the table had picked it up. And she's like, oh, I didn't know I had friends here. Like, I had a, oh, obviously, like a friend of mine was here and left before they said hi. And Mike and I were like, no. It was a fan. Like, it's a fan. So tell me, like, do you ever have a moment where you're like, okay, I'm Leslie Margarita, Olivier Award winner, no. big Broadway star. Does that does that exist in your world? No, because it took so long. Like, I've only done two Broadway shows, and it took so long to get here, and no, no, that never, no, no. Really? No. Do you get recognized? Yeah, by theater fans, which is awesome, <laughs> which is rad. It's like, it's, it's, it's the coolest thing. It's the best. No, I never, I, no, no. I love it. And you're uncomfortable just even answering I am the, uncomfortable. I know. And 
<laughs> All right, we'll move on. David, I want to – so one of the things we're going to talk about on this podcast going forward with, with guests is, like, identifying their ring of keys moment with theater. And Beth Malone was just in this room, and I, I totally held it together. And <laughs> I am so proud of myself. Um, so that means, like, the, the moment of identification where you where you realize that, like, theater is going to be something that's going to really be impactful for your life. Will you share with us yeah. what that moment was for you? I mean, I don't remember not loving musical theater. My parents love it so much. My mom's a ballet teacher. My dad's a rabbi who loves show tunes. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Did you see Soul Doctor? I did. I brought my parents to it. I saw it too. I loved yeah. it. And I, Eric is a friend of mine. Who, Eric Anderson, who's who incredible. Who's another LA person. Yes, he's in Beth Malone, yeah, he's me great. and Eric Anderson. Um, but I remember like driving around our, in our station wagon and my dad would play Name That Tune with show tunes. Ah. And my dad loves like Tenderloin and Milk and Honey. And my mom, you know, loves all the classics. And, you know, I, I just don't ever recall not loving theater. And it's, even last night, someone said like, did you always want to be a director? It's like, in fifth grade, I did a project and said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I'm going to be a director. And they said, oh, Hollywood. I said, no, I'm going to be a Broadway director. Wow. So I never, there was never a moment of like, I think I could do this. It was just always, always there. So I, my parents were very supportive. They were smart. They said, you know, make sure you're doing props and company management and acting and design. And so when you want to be a director, you'll know everything. And, um, and you, you know, do. Well, I'm still learning. There's been. <laughs> no, <laughs> so amazing. Stop. Um, you are. <laughs> It, but so, is this, do you do this like a full? Are you a full time director? Is that how yeah. you make your living? Yeah, it's really exciting. You know, it's taken. I've been in New York about nine years, and I've been very lucky. And it's you know, it's that moment. Like what Leslie was saying was, you know, I if then was an amazing experience. And I got to work with a lot of theater Broadway legends, not movie and TV legends, and they have huge fan bases. And when when those fans would recognize me, and and realize I wasn't Anthony Rapp, that I was another redhead of the glasses. <laughs> It was that moment of like, how do you know who I am? I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm never in the spotlight. So it's just, and that's why I mean, full circle going to Broadway Con. It's just that thing of, we all love the same thing, and and unlike other conventions, where if it's Comic Con and you're an actor who's maybe cast in a in a movie about comic books, you may not have grown up loving comic books, but you love acting. To be able to work on Broadway Con, there's not a chance that you didn't love Broadway growing up. Right. So it's really, we all love the same thing. Leslie, what was your Ring of Keys moment with theater? I, I Again, like you, I I can't remember when I didn't love it. I danced. My mom was a dancer, and I danced from when I was like four. And I remember, well, I guess this was my moment. I went to see Annie. I think I've told this on your, on your podcast. I probably, yeah. I went to see Annie when I was, I think, eight in San Francisco, and a girl messed up one of the steps, and I was like, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> And then made my dad go get, um, they were coming through, the tour was coming through, and I made my, they were auditioning local kids, and made my dad go get the little audition sheet, and my parents were like, don't worry, you don't sing, you don't do anything, <laughs> you just dance, you're not going to get it, we just want you to be okay. And my mom said she just sat there for hours and hours while like hundreds of girls would go in and come back out, and she's like, well, Leslie's still in there, so weird, and I came out, and I was like, yeah, I got it, so. <laughs> but then but I, don't, that... I don't remember, like, never, right. because I did it, we, you know, we both did it as kids. Like, you but what's just... funny is, like, I remember wanting to be an actor at, mo- at moments, which was which is odd to think <laughs> about, but even, like, I, I auditioned for Rags, the first ever <gasps> musical I was in. Wow. And I remember auditioning with, there's a sucker born every minute from Barnum. <sighs> uh, like, I was 10. David. And I, what? My audition song at 10 was one brick at a time. Are you kidding me? No, I, we have the we, we have this, this weird. weirdest okay. connection. No, we oh, we keep finding <laughs> out this stuff about. Are you kidding me? No, 
Oh my god, Mm-mm. I sense a national tour of Barnum. <laughs> <laughs> and but I finished singing "There's a Sucker Born Every Minute," and they said, "Great, can you sing Happy Birthday?" <laughs> I was like, I just prepared for you. <laughs> a Jim Dale and Jim Dale did my concert a few years ago, and and I, his intro music was "There's a Sucker Born Every Minute," and I had that moment of like. Oh my God, you're Jim Dale. I used to say, I can't believe. Oh my God. I literally have only known Leslie Margarita for what, like eight months? Yeah. We both love Disneyland and our pets, and we are going to star in Barnum. Oh my God. At, you know. Yeah, oh yeah, the national tour that we're mounting. Yeah, here it is. Um, uh, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, okay, so we're getting towards the end. I wanted to ask you, because people are, are going to want to know this. If you could meet and like just like sit down in a room with and ask any question to who would that person be dead or alive in the theater cheetah oh yeah have you ever met her no well yes <laughs> but i couldn't speak <laughs> <laughs> yeah, david I, I, i'm so pondering i don't know i i'm always fascinated about those like classic musicals like west side story and have a talk with those creators after the first preview and be like oh. what do you think that's always fat. I, I don't think I can nail it to one person, but just to be there when, when they have something that special to to go back in time and be like, you know, maybe be from the future and be like, this show is going to be huge. Oh and my god! Watch, Do you think they knew? I don't like, know. <laughs> and like to just to just watch that process of how they're really creating a masterpiece. I, I don't I don't know if there's any one person. I met Julie Andrews a few years ago, and that was. Uh, that was like for me that was, yeah that's incredible but I don't know alright if you could go back in time and see any show on opening night what would it be well apparently we'd see Barnum, see Barnum. <laughs> uh, uh, Babs funny girl oh yeah I want to be at the opening of Little Shop off Broadway oh wow what do we have uh, coming up at Broadway Con this year that we're excited about other than everything a lot more space that's gonna be so <laughs> the oh Javits wait is it the Javits yeah we're moving year. um you know, the first year was we were shot out of a cannon, a confetti cannon. <laughs> and um, with the blizzard and everything, I think we all really learned quickly how great this is going to be. And we're taking this year to really prepare and make it better and bigger. And what's really great is there were a lot of stars last year that were like, let's see what this is. And then maybe we'll join year two. Yeah. And I think they all saw pretty quickly how awesome it is. And so prepare for BroadwayCon 2017, which is going to be, you know, just... Shoot huge and and bigger stars and more Leslie Margarita on the main stage. Yes. You know, you know it's so great though the the like five or six of us that were that little band of yeah. the troop that yeah. weekend we all uh, have this bond now and yes. we, we're all like we were the first one. It, it really <laughs> you all want to do it now but we were there. Do we know any of the panels? Can you announce anything? I don't know any of the panels that you know they're still gathering on the website there's a list of the the guest list and um you know, Mischief Management that produces the event yeah. is very smart. They're just great because what they really do at Mischief is they create a passion and a fandom and a sense of belonging and community, which I think are just, it's amazing, especially yeah. in today, to have a safe place where everyone is accepted for who they are. And um, so they're they're working on programming right now, and I think in the fall it'll start to be unveiled. And Leslie, you're going to be there. Oh my gosh, of course. Whether I'm on a panel or not, I'm going to be yeah, there walking around. So, Well, let's yeah. make a pact. Will you guys come back as we get a little bit closer yes, and, and the two of you together and you can you can tell us a little bit more about what we're going to be preparing to see? Yeah. Of course. Amazing. We'll give you a sneak peek. It's yes. so fun. Leslie Margarita, right. David Alpert, I love you guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much for being here on our very first episode of yeah. Broadway on the Podcast. Woohoo! All right, bye. So, a 
few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to interview Alice Ripley and Emily Skinner. It was amazing. They were doing a press junket for their new live album called Unattached, which was recorded at Feinstein's 54 Below and was produced by Broadway Records. I was interviewing them for something else, but of course this podcast was at the front of my brain, and I thought if I could ask Alice Ripley and Emily Skinner one question for BroadwayCon the podcast, what would it be? And I realized that I wanted to know about them the thing I want to know about everybody, and it's something I think that BroadwayCon really celebrates. What was the moment that you knew that theater would be something that would change your life? You heard me ask Leslie and David a version of that question earlier in the episode, and I am sure it's not a question that's easy to answer on the spot. But Alice and Emily both gave great answers, so I'm going to share them with you now. Alice Ripley talks first. I'll choose you and you'll choose me. We'll be two daughters dancing by the edge. Well, I knew at a very young age that I was a musician, and I knew that I wanted to be on stage, and I wanted to be an actor, like I wanted to learn, just to put in the time. But my, I never saw any theater, because you just don't have live theater in Ohio, especially in the, in the 70s. So my, my stepdad at the time, you know, I credit him for a lot of sparking this fire because he took me with my mother to see Jacques Brel is Alive and Well and Living in Paris at the Cleveland Playhouse. And the show was supposed to, it was one of those things supposed to run for three weeks. And it, it, the Playhouse was dying. Like they were going to, about to tear it down. I don't know if you know anything about that complex, but it's the largest complex of entertainment, like live, live, live theater west of Lincoln Center. Oh, wow. So it's it's huge. There's a huge resource of, of facility there, and they were about to plow it all down. But anyway, Jacques Brel saved the theater. And I saw that run, and they, they had it in the lobby of the theater because there was another show going on on main stage. And so we were. it was like this. It was kind of like a casual in the lobby, and I'll never forget. I'll, I will never forget what that show did to me. It impacted my soul. The, it's the music, I think. The music is kind of really kind of Randy Newman kind of-ish. You know, Elvis Costello, it's got that theatricality to it, kind of maybe a little bit of Nielsen in there. French fries are from who knows when, but Madeline, she loves that soul. Madeline's my Christmas tree, she's America to me. I know that she's too good for me, that's what her mother always says. I'm waiting for Madeline, we'll go to the picture show. Can you tell that I got so excited? Yeah, totally. I did, and then, but there's a tail end I want to tell you because, um, I mean, I really, it really did have that impact on me, and it, it lit the fire in me. I mean, I already knew I was going to go for it but now I knew I could do it I mean I really knew deep down inside I was like I can pull that off at some point I'll be able to pull off what these people are doing so then years later when I was nominated for my Tony Award and I won um, I started to get all these letters from people I haven't heard from in a really long time and and then I heard from a lot of strangers and one of the people that wrote me was Joe Garrity who directed Jacques Brel Alive and Well and Living in Paris at the Cleveland Playhouse. He did that production, but he wrote to me saying, I know you don't know me or you would never have seen my show even though it was going on when you were living in Cleveland. I know that. But I just want you to know how much you've inspired me, blah, 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 blah. So I get to write him back and say, wait a minute. Not only do I know who you are, and that, but then I told him the story I just told you. It was just such a cool That's moment. Amazing. I'll never forget that. Like of all the cool things that happened because of the 
when the Tony Award kind of puts you in the moment, like everybody's looking at it for a split second, that was my favorite part of the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I have this, I want, I have a dream to go back there and work with him, do something. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Emily, do you have any thoughts? Uh, well, I was, uh, I was really, really hyper as a little kid and I was so hyper they were not going to hold me back. They were going to hold me back from kindergarten. Uh, and my kindergarten teacher finally one day said to me, okay, Emily, you're going to get 15 minutes every day to entertain the class. And then when that is over, you have to sit down and be with the class for the rest of the rest of the class. And that was sort of like opening Pandora's box for me. And I just did, I did everything. I did like puppet shows and I lip synced to Jackson 5 records and I tap danced even though I didn't know how to tap dance. And when I sort of ran out of ideas, I started to go, and this was, I was like six. This is, you know, little. And I, I started to listen to my mother's Broadway cast album collection because my mother had been taken to the theater by her mother when she was little. And she had this really good cast album collection of like of stuff from like the, the um, 50s, 60s, and 70s uh-huh. on Broadway. Uh-huh. All the sort of iconic albums. And I would go through those and that was sort of my introduction to, to musical theater. And I would take those albums into class and do my 15 minutes of like lip sync into Barbara Cook. And, you know, <laughs> so like, is this a play or a musical, it, isn't it? That's totally. a great idea for it's just interesting Audrey McDonald and I sort of have compared notes to this because we had a very very similar thing and that we were both that very very hyper very hyper little little girl and parents sort of figure parents and teachers figured out this kid needs an outlet nowadays a lot of times people go oh this kid has ADD let's put him on you know medication and and sometimes that's absolutely right and sometimes maybe it's not so right in, in my case and in Audra's case we were that kid who need needed an outlet yeah. needed an outlet and so it was very I want to write was, this musical <laughs> yeah it was it was very fortuitous so I started doing that in kindergarten and about six weeks into that my kindergarten teacher called my mother on the phone and she was like listen I just want you to know I think you have a performer on your hands so I don't know what you want to do with that information but you might want to do something so my mother you know put me into dance class and she she sort of searched out like community theater stuff for me to do and and that sort of got the ball rolling for me really really early So there you have it, episode one of BroadwayCon, the podcast. Our show is a partnership between BroadwayCon Media and Theatre Podcast Productions. It's produced and edited by me, Patrick Hines. If you enjoyed the show, please take one minute to review us on iTunes. It really is the best way for you to help other people find our brand new show. And subscribe while you're there. Tickets for BroadwayCon 2017 are now on sale. You can buy tickets and check out the insane lineup of guests at BroadwayCon.com. If you just can't wait till next week to get your theater podcast fix, may I humbly suggest that you check out my other podcast. It's called Theater People, and you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and any other place that podcasts are found. Next week on the podcast, we'll talk to the woman who, at least as far as I'm concerned, this season made one of the most stunning Broadway debuts in recent memory. She is, of course, Tony nominee Carmen Cusack. We'll chat with her about where she's been for the past two decades leading up to her Broadway debut. We'll find out all about her formative years and why she wanted to become an actor and so much more. In the second half of next week's show, we'll chat with theater historian and author and my new bestie, Jennifer Ashley Tepper. 
Until then, we ask you to remember this. If you get really pissed and we'll cut someone slack when they call the cast album a freaking soundtrack.